When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's been a busy week for the Pittsburgh Steelers. They played, ended their preseason. They cut their roster to 53 players. And the team lost a legend in Tunch Ilkin. Today we're going to look at this last week as we approach the regular season. My name is Jeffrey Benedict. Welcome to the cutting room floor. I want to start talking about Tunch Ilkin. I've never met him. I never knew him. I do know people who have dealt with him, and they only have the very best of things to say about the man. It seems like to be the same for everyone. Everyone who talks about him online has just the greatest respect and praise for him. That should stand out to all of us as a legacy that is an inspiration to us. You know, a status that we can envy, that we can say, you know what, I want to try and be more like that. I want to be a person that everyone looks to and says, wow, you know, that's a great human being. Tunch Ilkin pulled that off. He pulled that off. Everyone that has interacted with him that I've heard from had everything great to say about him and nothing negative. I want to say that. I want to start with that. Uh, rest in peace, Tanchokin. Moving on, uh, there's 
something I need to cover. Uh, a big name on this show this preseason has been Henry Mondo. The Steelers, uh, in their acquisition, the trade to acquire Akello Witherspoon, cut Henry Mondo. I, I was surprised. I was honestly shocked. Um, because, as we talked about at the start of the preseason, one of my rules for uh, judging preseason play is the rank, the role, and the results, right? What the results is obviously what actually happens in the place they're in. The role, you know, consider what they're being asked to do. But rank is one of my top ones, and that is where, where in the pecking order are they playing? And Henry Mondo was consistently one step below Chris Wormley on this roster. And Chris Wormley is number four. It, it's Cam Hayward, Stefan Tuitt, Tyson Alualu, Chris Wormley. Those are the top four. And right behind them was Henry Mondo. Every single game. And he didn't play there and embarrass himself at all. He played well. In fact, when they put in Carlos Davis or Isaiah Loudermilk, in my opinion, Mondo was the better player. He's just more NFL-ready right now than either of those guys who have more physical gifts than Mondo, but just aren't as polished. They're not as NFL-ready. Well, that was my opinion. And <laughs> the Steelers put Stefan it on... Injured reserve, meaning he's going to miss games, pushing Chris Wormley up to one of the top three defensive linemen, which in my mind puts Henry Mondo fourth as the top defensive end reserve. And they cut him. Uh, I mean, like, okay, I get preseason isn't everything. I didn't attend a single practice this season. Uh, and those definitely factor into the decision. But I cannot recall a time where I've seen a Steeler, the Steelers play a guy in the preseason like that. Play him ahead of other players. Seen that guy play well. In fact, in most cases, outplay the guys that he's competing with. End the preseason healthy and get cut for players who consistently didn't get the opportunity to play at the high level of talent that he did. I've never seen that. So it shocked me. Uh, it, it didn't surprise a lot of people. Most of the media out there weren't talking about him. That was one of the things I was surprised about. Is no one's talking about him. Uh, <laughs> so who knows? Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm crazy, and I don't. I don't. I'm not as good as I think I am. Who knows? One of the nuggets of wisdom I have always carried with me is that in order to learn, you have to be wrong. You know, if you're right, you can't learn. If, if you already know it, you can't learn it, right? You have to either be wrong or just be ignorant, right? In order to learn. In order to improve, you have to be imperfect. Uh, and that lesson always taught me, embrace when you're wrong. You know, pursue, to, to pursue knowledge, to pursue wisdom, to pursue improving yourself. You, you don't just have to be able to handle being wrong. You have to seek out being wrong. You have to find where you're wrong and learn from it. I don't, I don't know what I missed here. I honestly don't. I'm going to keep watching, and I'm going to try and figure it out. And I'm going to try and learn from this. So uh, <laughs> we'll see. The trade that, that the Steelers made that got 
caused them to cut Henry Mondo. Like the actual trade, they picked up a guy and they had to clear him. They had to clear a body off the roster, and he was the guy they did. Uh, was the Steelers trade for Akello Witherspoon? Steelers traded a 2023 fifth round pick. Uh, that's a that's pretty low down the totem pole. You know, that's a pretty low pick uh, for being two years away. Uh, but he also likely cost the Steelers a fifth round pick uh, as a comp pick because we trading for him acquire his status from being signed. We acquire that from the team we trade him for. Oh, we, the team we traded for him from, I guess that's the right way to say it, uh, which is the Seattle Seahawks. The Seattle Seahawks signed him. He was a hit on their comp Vincent compensatory pick formula. But when we traded for him, we traded for him, but also for that hit on our compensation pick formula. So the Steelers are losing here, twenty, likely a 2022 comp pick, I believe. I think that's how it works. I could be wrong. I'm, I'm not great with comp picks. And a 2023 that they actually traded for him. So what did they get? Well, I dug into the film. I've, I put out a, a whole article, a whole film room on him uh, this past weekend. And the one thing he's not is a nickel corner. We look at that roster and we've been saying, who's the nickel? Well, it's not him. He's not a nickel corner. Uh, he is, however, an incredibly talented player who happens to have great speed, great size, great mobility, uh, great hands. He adjusts to the ball well. Lots, lots of just physical gifts that he has. Lots of talent. What he doesn't have is consistency. And the other thing he doesn't have is Strength when he's playing physically. When it's a physical game, when it's a physical route, when he's dealing with blockers, he's not good. Which is why I say he's not a nickel corner. You you don't want him taking on blockers. You don't want him blitzing at all. I, I can't see that being a good thing. Uh, what you want him in is man coverage on deep routes. That's what you want Witherspoon in. In situations where he is picking up people in, in man and following them deep, or even in zone. He reads zone well. He looks. He seems very smart. He get. He adjusts to routes. He gets to the ball. He makes plays on the ball when he gets a chance too. When he's focused in, there's also times where he's he's banged up or just seems to be not as focused, and he's vulnerable. Right, he's vulnerable to getting beat. There's a lot of times you see him get kind of out efforted for plays. Like there'll be times he he gets kind of good defense on the ball. But then the receiver is able to recover and make like a second effort kind of play and catch the ball, and Witherspoon's out of the play. Like whether Witherspoon took his shot, he's out. He gets beat on those occasionally. He, he's not the best finisher in, in situations like that. His potential as an outside cornerback is incredible, right? But he's just a player who doesn't seem like he's ever going to reach that. In San Francisco, he was hurt a lot, and he was inconsistent, which, which which often means, you know, how healthy are you at the moment and what's your matchup. Uh, in week three of 2019, Juju Smith-Schuster caught a pass from a little slant from Mason Rudolph and broke it for a 70-yard-plus touchdown. That was Akella Witherspoon. He was, he was defending Juju Smith-Schuster, and Smith-Schuster just like took an arm sweep and took 
Witherspoon's arms right off of him and just broke free. Now, now Juju Smith-Schuster is a high-end route runner who's also very good at physically winning routes. Matched up against Witherspoon, that's an incredible mismatch for Witherspoon on a slant route like that where you really need to physically impede the route to defend it. And Juju Smith-Schuster just crushed him. He, he, he swept his arms away. Witherspoon tried to hang on, do something, ended up falling down, and Smith-Schuster was running free. That broke what had been a great start to the season for him, where he was one of the top-rated cornerbacks in the NFL heading into Week 3. He started Week 3 really well. Then that happened. <laughs> he got matched up on Juju Smith-Schuster and, uh, and go well for him. 73-yard touchdown was bad. He also ended up getting hurt in that game. That's another thing. He's not great in physical matchups, and that that puts him in a situation to get hurt. If you don't really get to have a good feel of what you're doing, you're more likely to get hurt. So what, what can the Steelers do to get value out of this pick? And the big thing is you've got to put him in situations where he's in roles that he's good at, deeper coverage, where he's not having to check a short route or, you know, like physically in interfere with, you know, and get inside of a receiver on a slant route. When he does that kind of stuff, he's going to get penalties called on him. He's going to get beat. He's going to get grabby because he's not good. If the Steelers can avoid those routes and give him limited responsibility in the run game and by... That, I mean, he can tackle. He misses a lot of tackles. He does. Uh, but he can bring people down, and he's willing to tackle running backs. What really stood on film to me was he doesn't like to deal with blockers. He, he will back off on blockers and try and just, like, avoid them. He doesn't want to put hands on them. They want to put hands on him. He doesn't want to put hands on them. And in football, when things get physical the more aggressive person usually wins. You want to get in there, get in first, and go. Witherspoon isn't that guy. So what stands out to me is he fits nickel and dime defense, right? And nickel, uh, kind of outside the slot, the slot takes over a lot of run defense. The outside guy doesn't have as much. Uh, that would also save him from being a, an outside corner in you know seven-man fronts where you have more run responsibility and you have more physical coverage. He's also going to be a great fit for any situation where they're running their pattern matching uh, defense, and they can just have him take whoever runs the deep route. Like, you're running a deep route, he's on you. He locks down deep routes really well. It, it takes a lot to beat him there. Uh, as long as he's not in, like, a press man coverage. That's where he fell out in Seattle. They wanted him to do press man coverage and then cover people deep, and he'd just get beat physically off the line. He's not going to jam you and win that. Uh, and there's great film you can get out there of him just getting absolutely torched by DK Metcalf in practices because they're asking him to press DK Metcalf, right? DK Metcalf is, is a big dude and he's a strong guy and he beats people out of press. Physically beats you out of press. Uh, and Akella Whisperspoon couldn't handle him, right? He couldn't handle him. An interesting side note on this is the depth chart came out. We're going to talk about that uh, in the second half of the show. We're going to talk about the depth chart. And we're going to talk about TJ Watt a little bit. Um, the depth chart doesn't list a nickelback. It did in the previous version. Antoine Brooks was the nickelback. Arthur Millette was behind him. 
the most recent depth chart the Steelers came out with, and it's an official depth chart from the Steelers, there is no listing for a nickelback. And Arthur Millette isn't even on the depth chart. It's like they removed Antoine Brooks, realized Arthur Millette was the only one on there, looked at this depth chart, and was like, yeah, we don't know who the nickel is. Let's just cut the position off the depth chart and didn't add, you know, one of the players back on. They just just didn't add him back on. He's nowhere on the depth chart. So... Actually, actually, I should say he wasn't on the initial depth chart when they did that. He's been added back. He is He's a backup cornerback. He's third string. Uh, so can, cancel that. I, was, I, was, I had this written out, and I did that, and I realized just now I'm looking off my script. <laughs> Great fun. But he is, Martha Millette is the back, is a third string cornerback listed behind James Pierre. Uh, Akella Witherspoon is listed behind Justin Lane. And there is no nickel position listed on the depth chart. We have no clue who is going to play the nickel this season for the Pittsburgh Steelers. We just don't know. And it looks like the Steelers may not know either. Either that, I I honestly honestly think they're going to still be trying out. People are going to be doing tryouts week one. Uh, We're going to see people. And if they mess up, someone else is going to get a chance. Which, you know, until someone locks the position down, maybe what they have to do. Go with matchups, go with different situations. If someone comes in and struggles, take them out, put someone else in. Until someone takes the position and makes it theirs. It's going to be really interesting to see how this secondary plays out. <sighs> yeah, hopefully it's good. Anyways, uh, that's it for the first half of our show. We'll be back in just a minute after a commercial break. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to The Cutting Room Floor. I'm Jeffrey Benedict. I'm your host. As always, The Cutting Room Floor is brought to you by the Behind the Steel Curtain Network of Podcasts. Today I wanted to give a little, I want to talk real quick uh, about one of my, one of the new podcasts that I really enjoy. It's called What Yin's Talking About. It comes out every Friday. And uh, it is, it is one of my favorite shows. It's, it's not like, it's not like this show. It's not a film room show. They talk about social media. They make a lot of jokes there. It's, it's hilarious show. If you want, you know, your Friday, you want to just kind of take a little more lighthearted look at the week from the Steelers and how people have been overreacting to everything Steelers related. You all know, Steeler fans, we overreact to literally everything. 
and the Steelers. Not every single person, but the Steeler fans do. You know them. You probably know several Steeler fans, if you, especially if you live in Pittsburgh, who overreact. And if not, I mean, really, go on Twitter and search Steelers. You will find overreactions all over the place. These guys do a great job, great job of lampooning all of this, the worst Twitter takes about the Steelers. It's a really fun show. I really, really enjoy it, and I encourage you to check it out. In the second half of the show, we are going to get to TJ Watt. We're going to talk about that. I'm going to give you my perspective and what I think. Uh, I, I, I dabble in economics. I studied it in college. I do a lot with that. And uh, my opinion isn't always the most popular with those situations, but you, you may find my take a little different on the TJ Watt situation. All right. Anyways, the depth chart. We talked, we talked about the nickel position. Some other interesting stuff. Uh, one is Marcus Allen is listed as Devin Bush's backup ahead of both Ulysses Gilbert III and Buddy Johnson. There were people saying, oh, Marcus Allen, they should cut him. He made the roster last year transitioning to linebacker, and he wasn't going to play except on, except on special teams. But when Devin Bush went down, he took over the dime linebacker job and did all right. You don't just like replace Devin Bush, right? That's not a thing. But he was all right. As that position, not great. I was surprised this preseason to see Marcus Allen looking significantly better than he did last season. Uh, his blitzing was better. His coverage was better coming out of the backfield. He was just a better overall player this preseason than he was last year. Also, he played a bit in the slot. The Steelers would come out looking like they're in nickel, and basically just use Marcus Allen as a nickel defender, as like the nickelback, right? Which is interesting to me. I know we have Joe Schobert on the team. I know we have Devin Bush, and I assume that those two will be the linebackers in nickel. What I'm interested to see is they're clearly going to take one of them out for dime. They, if they can put in Marcus Allen in dime, and have him be both a, a slot coverage guy, kind of the Mike Hilton role in the dime, where you're the more physical corner, because Cameron Sutton was more of a deep coverage specialist, or just an overall coverage specialist. I shouldn't just say deep coverage. He was a coverage specialist. Uh, Marcus Allen could be that kind of a Mike Hilton role, and if they move around and they like line up and look like, hey, we're going to be in, we're going to be all these wide receivers, and then give them more run look, Marcus Allen could move in and play linebacker. Because that's his position. Now, you might be saying, can Marcus Allen cover? Marcus Allen struggled to cover. He, in this preseason, got matched up with DJ Moore in the Carolina Panthers game and did phenomenal job in man coverage on DJ Moore, who happens to be a guy who's almost had 1,200 yards the last two years each. So that could be an interesting thing to watch, possibly in dime and also, when they, if they rotate inside linebackers at all, see where Marcus Allen lives. You know where he when he comes in. Uh, the big news, of course, the Steelers put Zach Banner on injured reserve, and on this depth chart, it's official. Dan Moore Jr. is listed as the starting left tackle for the Pittsburgh Steelers with Chukwuma Korafor at right tackle. That means on the left side of the line. From the center to the left tackle, you have two rookies and a player who played 360 snaps on offense total. 
in his career, all last season, who was in a bit of a doghouse earlier this year. Now they are your left side of the line. Brown and Dotson were phenomenal when they played together. They were incredible and dominated together. They're going to be playing together. Looking forward to that. Uh, looking forward to seeing what Kendrick Green brings. There, there could be some serious growing pains. You're talking about young men being thrown into the fire just to start. This is, you know, learn on the job in a messy situation. I'm excited for it. I actually am. I like to see. I like to see the growth players show, and we're going to see the struggles, and we're going to see the growth. Uh, all I can say is, hopefully, they come together and are a really solid unit. You know, when when, but they get to that point before they get Ben Roethlisberger hurt, because <laughs> who? That's that's the question there. Can they keep Ben Roethlisberger safe? Can they give him a pocket, let him operate so we don't have the situation we had last year when the offensive line fell apart and Ben was forced to throw the ball in less than two seconds often? I mean, there's plays where he threw the ball in two seconds and got hit for it. Like, two seconds isn't enough time for anyone to get open. You're throwing before anyone gets open and you're taking a hit. That's terrible. Hopefully this line can do better than that and give him a real chance because if they can, man, this could be a great year by the time they really get comfortable playing together. And get and get going, especially if they can get the run game stronger on that side. It's just a huge boost. Get Najee Harris running, just open up the whole offense. That's what I. Those are my thoughts on the depth chart. Uh, I want to. I want to move on to the pressing story right now. As of, I'm, I'm recording this really late Monday night, September seventh. As of this moment, T.J. Watt does has not signed a contract. He is still practicing by himself and not with the team. People are starting to panic. Uh, people are starting to worry, is T.J. Watt going to play? Is he going to be available week one? When's he going to play? What's going to happen? Is he going to sign this deal? Like, what's going on? My first thought I want to bring out is the Steelers... When they cut down to the 53-man roster, and as of today, have four outside linebackers on this roster, including T.J. Watt. They kept six inside linebackers. They kept four outside linebackers. They didn't sign any of the cuts. They didn't go into the waiver wire and put in a waiver priority you know, thing uh, for to pick up an outside linebacker that someone else cut. They are If T.J. Watt doesn't play, they are rolling into the season with three outside linebackers on their roster. The Steelers would not put themselves in that position if they did not believe that TJ Watt is playing week one. So understand that the Steelers who are involved in this believe TJ Watt will be playing week one. That's the first thing I want to focus on. Second of all, I'm hearing a lot of people talk about, you know what, let's just tag him. We just play him this year, make him play out this fifth year you know, the last year of his rookie deal, is it fifth year, 2017, 18, 19, 20? Yeah, fifth year of his deal. Make him play that out. Franchise tag him for two years and then let him go. We get TJ Watt for three more years. And and we get him for an incredible bargain. Just like we've already had him for four. And it's been an incredible bargain every single season. There's a problem with that, right? First off, TJ Watt is a great player. He has shown he deserves a bigger contract. Like, does 
does anyone listening to this, sitting there looking at T.J. Watt saying, yeah, but can T.J. Watt be a great player? Right? Can T.J. Watt be a great player? Two years in a row, he was a top candidate for NFL Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah, we know he's great. This, there, this isn't a, well, let's wait and see if you're great. You know, let's see if you develop, TJ. Maybe maybe you'll become a player that's worth a bigger contract. No, he's already worth a bigger contract. Don't be stupid. All right, don't be silly. TJ Watt already deserves a bigger contract. If, if he wants to be the highest paid defensive player in the NFL, yeah, he's in that category of guy. Until until Unless Aaron Donald is signing a contract right now as well, then he should be the highest paid player in the NFL. I don't, I don't have a problem with that. He definitely deserves to get more than than Miles Garrett. Everyone in Pittsburgh talking about how TJ Watt's a better player than Myers Garrett, and then say, "Oh yeah, but he's not worth what Miles Garrett's worth." Well, that doesn't make any sense. My second point I want to make is this isn't a player you mess around with. TJ Watt knows his value. He knows it. He's not going to play games. The man has pride. He's not a sucker. He's not going to sit here and say, oh, well, Steelers want me to play for significantly less than I should get on the open market than my than my production is worth, than I'm worth as a player. Okay, I mean, there's contracts and there's deals. The NFL and the NFLPA sign this. I'll just go along with it. That's not going to happen. I mean, really, think about this. I want you to think about this. Has TJ Watt not delivered a clear message here? Has he failed to deliver a message? He is under contract right now. The Steelers... Have him under contract right now. He is not practicing with the team. He's doing it in a nice way. He's like, I'm showing up. I'm still practicing. Just not with the team. Like, you're going to pay me. You want me to be a part of this team? You want me to play nice? You want me to be that leader? You want me to be the hardest working person in the the NFL? I'm there. I'm with you. But you're going to pay me first. And, yeah, he's worth it. If TJ Watt plays for less than he's worth, he's dumb. America is a capitalist country. You know, we're not communism. We don't believe all NFL players are equal. TJ Watt is more valuable. So pay him more. That's, that's that simple. Also, the franchise tag. People act like TJ Watt has no leverage. And I want to bring this up. I want to talk about the Le'Veon Bell situation. We're going to talk about 2018. 2018, Le'Veon Bell had a $15 million cap hit for the franchise tag. $15 million, right? He doesn't play. He doesn't sign his tag, and he doesn't play. The Pittsburgh Steelers still had a cap hit of over $15 million locked up into Le'Veon Bell. The season started. The Steelers still had $15 million of their cap hit locked up in Le'Veon Bell. They got just under $1 million of it back every single game they played. Now, they got to roll that over into the next year, but I want you to think about the 2018 season because you didn't have Le'Veon Bell, but yet your salary cap had $15 million dedicated to Le'Veon Bell. There was one free agent signing in 2018 where the 2018 cap hit was more than $15 million, and that was Kirk Cousins. He signed that ridiculous big, big deal. The Steelers' inside linebacker they signed in free agency in 2018 was named John Bostick. His first-year cap was under $700,000. He was cheap. 
The highest first-year cap hit for a 2018 inside linebacker free agent was $6 million. I went through and looked at the 2018 contracts and their first-year hits. For that $15 million, the Steelers could have signed any inside linebacker, running back, and safety they wanted. And their cap hit would have been less than they paid to not have Le'Veon Bell on the field. Let me, let me restate that. They could have signed any inside linebacker, safety, and running back free agent that season, and that cap hit in 2018 would have been lower than what the Steelers paid to play hardball with Le'Veon Bell. If they do this with T.J. Watt, and T.J. Watt says, look, I already showed you I'm not playing this game, right? You're going to pay me, and I'll be the best. I'll be the ideal player. I'll be the ideal teammate. I'll be everything you want me to be, but you're going to pay me what I want. And they say, nope, we're going to franchise tag you. And TJ Watt says, I'm going to sit out then. I'm not going to play. Not, okay. You're talking about 2022. The projected cap hit for an outside linebacker, uh, which, you know, is, is for an outside, I shouldn't say outside, it's all linebackers, is 18 million, right? You're going to put 18 million of a cap hit into playing hardball with TJY. And you're not going to be able to spend that money until you start getting back in the middle of the season. I don't know if you know this, but there's not a lot of great high-end free agents available in November. We, No one signs to high-priority free agents in November. When that money from Le'Veon Bell came off the books in 2019, the Steelers went out and they signed Steven Nelson. They signed Mark Barron. Both those players played a role in the Steelers solving the problems they had the year before. In 2018, the Steelers were one of the worst teams defending tight ends. In 2019, they were one of the best. Complete flip. They signed, they drafted Devin Bush. That played a pretty good role. And they signed Mark Barron. That played a pretty good role, too. They had Steven Nelson. Other receivers didn't even as much help. Minka Fitzpatrick played a role in that. But mostly it was the guys covering the tight ends, which involved Mark Barron. He did that a lot. Those signings, signings like that, occur when you have cap space. We've seen the Steelers use cap space well in 2021. If in 2022, T.J. Watt lets them know, I'm not playing on this franchise tag, and the Steelers say, we're tagging you anyways. The Steelers aren't going to be able to replace TJ. They're going to tie up so much money in TJY and get nothing for it. Except a rollover for the next season that they can use to, again, spend a whole bunch of money out of their cap to simply play hardball with TJY. Meanwhile, now if you know this, Ben Roethlisberger might be gone. What if TJ Watt decides to sit out this year? That would actually be less bad for the Steelers and franchise tagging him. Like, how how far does this go? Everyone everyone talks like TJ Watt has no choice but just to play for the next three years and the Steelers have control over how much he gets paid with the franchise tag and with this fifth-year option. But when you sit and you have a large chunk of your salary cap with no productivity out of that money, even if you don't actually spend the money and you get that cap hit back at the end of the year, 
you're still not getting anything for that. You're not getting the production now. And furthermore, if you play hardball with T.J. Watt, like you did Le'Veon Bell, you're going to get a reputation hit on the Steelers. right? You're going to get a hit on the Steelers. You're going to take that shot. And you, right now, the Steelers are a team where free agents talk about, oh, I'd love to play for the Steelers. I'd love to play for Mike Tomlin. I'd love to play for that team. Well, yeah, part of that reason is they want to play with a guy like T.J. Watt. And part of that reason is the Steelers have a reputation of treating their players pretty well. They can look at the contract we offered Le'Veon Bell and look at what he signed in New Jersey and say, dude, you didn't really do that much better. In fact, overall, if you had played well, you would have been better off being in Pittsburgh. Le'Veon Bell sat out a year, came back, and was terrible. And you know what? He got a more guaranteed money from the New York Jets than the Steelers offered him. More guaranteed money money. He would have needed to play two seasons with Pittsburgh. And as bad as he played in the New York Jets, if he had played that badly in Pittsburgh, he might not have stayed. He might not have made more playing on the Pittsburgh Steelers contract that they offered him than what the Jets had to pay him, despite the fact that he he was barely worth anything. T.J. Watt is a different matter, man. If T.J. Watt sits out a year, he's still going to get paid. So, to me, the leverage sitting here is not all, you know, on the Steelers' favor. It's, it's really not. Uh, T.J. Watt has a lot of leverage simply because, you can, one, you can't replace him. Two, you have a lot of stuff tied up in him. And if you, if you play hardball with him, you, you're going to lose a ton of money. A ton of money spent on the team. The team's not going to spend the money, but they're not going to be able to spend that money to improve the team, and they're not going to have a player for that money. They're going to get nothing for it. Just like they did in 2018, when instead of addressing holes of the defense, they played hardball with Le'Veon Bell. And that defense seriously hurt us in a season where Ben Roethlisberger led the NFL in passing. We could have added another running back. Any running back on free agency that we wanted, we could have added a better inside linebacker than John Bostick. We could have added a safety. We could have added a cornerback. You could have added a running back and an inside linebacker and pretty much any other player you wanted and still had more cap space than they did with Le'Veon Bell sitting out. My point is, the money T.J. White wants, Pittsburgh needs to pay it. And I think they're going to. I honestly don't think we're going to see these hardball situations that fans are going to right now because we approach the season and T.J. Watt isn't signed. But those hardball situations don't make sense for the team. It's not like, oh, T.J. Watt, you screwed up. Steelers are going to win this and you're going to lose. No. You You don't win by having less talent on the field. Right? You don't do that. So for me, it's an easy choice. Pay pay the man. And if you're not going to pay him, in my opinion, you already screwed up. If if your plan was to tag him, the right move was to sign Bud Dupree. Tell TJ Watt, dude, look, you're going to play out your your fifth-year option. We're going to tag you one year, and then we'll trade you. And then you do it. And you see, maybe he doesn't do it. Maybe you only get one year, but you let him know, hey, this is the situation. We're going to let you go. You're going to hit free agency, but you got to finish out your contract first. Then let him go. Get those years in. You finish Ben Roethlisberger's career with those three incredible outside linebackers. 
and then you let them go. That's that's the only way that makes sense to me. And, and really, I think the Steelers have put themselves in a position where they have to pay TJ. And I think they're planning to pay TJ. I think if you offered Le'Veon Bell the contract they offered him and then you go to TJ Watt and say, mm, TJ, you're not really worth all that much. <sighs> yeah, that, that, that tells you your front office is just plain dumb. Really, just plain dumb. If you're, not, if you're willing to pay Le'Veon Bell and you're not willing to pay TJ Watt, then you're dumb. That's all I have to say on that. Uh, so that's our show. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. Uh, have a good day. Have a great week. Can't wait for the Steelers to actually play some football. I can't wait for TJ Watt to sign his contract so that I don't have to hear or read any more about this nonsense. Pay the man, Steelers. And have a good day. Goodbye, everybody. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.